Welcome to Education Lanes. Education, education, education is banned. Your option. Welcome. Hey, everyone. How are you? It is your host, Targan. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. And I must say, um, whew, I had a couple of doozies, but you know, I'm not going to get into my doozies, but just know that I am here. I am ready to rock and let's do this. So the last two shows, if you haven't had a chance to go and listen to those, I highly encourage you to do so. I had two interviews. One was on homeschool. Another was with um, special needs. But today I wanted to bring you information, things to look for. You know, we are in the fabulous month of July. It's my mom's birthday in July, I must say. And um, in July... You know, parents are still having their kids either in camps or they're kind of getting ready to start thinking about going back to school, um, starting to have that on the horizon, per se, for those who go to school in August and for those who go to school after Labor Day. I know those children are still just living it up. They're doing their thing, but parents are also trying to figure out how to still keep them engaged, keep them learning, keep them so that that summer slide, as they love to say, does not really take full grasp or effect. So when school starts, you know, things to look out for. Today, I'm going to talk to you about common learning disabilities. There's so many out there that we're constantly hearing about, um, but what are the common ones? What are the ones maybe that are being overlooked? What stuff that we're not paying attention for? What stuff that's being misrepresented or cross-diagnosed and all those good things like that? So let's dig, dive, and get on in there. I'm going to talk to you about the most common one. The most common learning disability is actually dyslexia. Now, what's dyslexia? I, I don't know if you remember. I remember when um, I was little, I would see I were, that episode. You remember the Cosby show when they're like, oh, Theo has dyslexia. It means that he sees things like backwards or mixed up and jumbled up and um, he can't really read it um, as if somebody who didn't have dyslexia, they read the words and see them in normal print and it looks it looks fine, clear. But for someone with dyslexia, it's all like words and letters are mixed up so it doesn't look clear. They can't interpret it clearly. So that's dyslexia for a better way of under, you know, trying to explain it. I remember, yeah, Theo had dyslexia. So it was like, you know, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? Is something wrong with him? How is he going to learn? He's not going to learn anything. Oh my. But no, there's always help and ways to help you learn the way that you learn. That's gonna be best for you. That's going to help you. It's not a death sentence. It's not a, oh my gosh, you're doomed and dun dun dun. Not at all. It is uh, just, you need a little more help, but now that we know what it is, now we can help you. How about that? Because if we don't know what it is, we can't help you. And everybody's assuming and thinking and nobody's helping you. And then you're getting frustrated. Parents are frustrated. Parents, or I should say teachers are frustrated. And all that craziness goes on. So dyslexia. Some signs to look for so that you know, again, you know, looking at your, your children and seeing things that maybe that you pick up on or that you're noticing that's happening with them. It may be this. So dyslexia. Uh, letters and word recognition, they have difficulty with that. Understanding words and ideas, their speed and fluency of when they're reading is difficult or they're having issues. And even just their general vocabulary skills. Maybe, you know, I've always heard, oh, well, boys develop, you know, slower than girls or girls usually talk a lot faster. And as 
if you remember from our interview last, uh, our last interview, a lot of times parents are just like, oh, it's just, it's just, well, that, and you don't worry. And next thing you know, as by the time you get to six years old, it's too late for kids to be diagnosed. Um, or and not to say it's too late to be diagnosed or there's so many opportunities that could have helped them when they were younger that they missed out on. That's what I want to say. So, and I have some personal stories too, I'll be able to share, but just in specific with dyslexia, that's one of the things. Um, now there's two types of learning, uh, disabilities in reading. So when we talk about dyslexia and how the words look mixed and jumbled and those different, um, uh, issues that can arise for you to start to think if it is this, there's two types, all right? So if the first one is basic reading problems and difficulty understanding with sounds and letters and words, okay? So sounds, letters, and words, they have difficulty understanding. That's one part of the reading problems with dyslexia. The second part is comprehension. Now, it's important. Those are two separate things. When we say the kids should read, you know, the cat ran, that's reading, but comprehending the cat ran. What does that mean? The cat went from point A to B by a swift motion going faster. I know when I talk with my daughter, she's a going to first grade. And when she reads something, I'll say, okay, I want you to explain to me, what does that mean? But you can't use the words that you just said. You're like, well, I don't know how, but it, the cat was going fast. It was running. Okay, you use fast and it was going. Going's good because that's to another direction or from a point A somewhere else. But you can't say ran because that what was in the original sentence. So little things like that to help with comprehension, you know then that your child is actually understanding what it is that they're reading because that, that's big. So dyslexia can creep in. They may be able to read that sentence, but if they're not comprehending the sentence, sentence, um, understanding those words and phrases or the paragraph that they're reading, then it could possibly be that. So be on the lookout for that. Okay. All right. The second learning common dis, uh, disability, learning disability is dyscalculia. Dyscalculia. Okay, dyscalculia, I know um, Target's going to be throwing some words at you, so be ready for them. But as always, I'm going to break it down so you understand exactly what I mean, what I'm talking about, or at least what was she saying? This is what it is, okay? Dyscalculia, coming at you next. Uh, that is, your child has um, issues with math. Now, how many of you remember... I'm pointing to this girl. You can't see it, but I'm pointing to this girl right here, okay? I hated math, but I actually know my turning point where I hated. I like I liked math, but then I know where it just clicked for me that I was like, I hate math. It was my seventh grade year, and I had this teacher, and he was like, you know one of those teachers who they're like, oh, they just want to be a coach of something, so they really don't care about the kids or what they're getting out of it, and then they get frustrated and angry quickly. So it's like, how are you teaching me if you're not really teaching me if you're getting upset with me? Listen, you're old. And I'm like in the seventh grade. I'm 13. How am I supposed to know this? Okay. And I remember he just made it so terrible for me that I just started to hate math and like shut down. And I just, oh, I just memories of that. I do remember that. But that was my point. But I like math now. Okay. So <laughs> I digress. But that was my turning point. So we, you may think, oh, well, he or she just, they don't like doing math. or oh, They just have difficulty. It could be a learning disability. Could be what? Dyscalculia. <laughs> You'll be able to say it, dyscalculia. 
So it could be a visual disorder, meaning that they're having problems with sequencing, memory, or organization of the numbers, okay? Um, Sometimes, like, when you say... 5 plus 5 equals 10, we know that's a fact. But if you keep asking them and they just can't remember it, they can't put that 5 and that 5 coming together as 10. It just doesn't make sense to them. Their brain is just not meshing it for it to be that's what it is. 5 and 5 equal 10. That could, you know, be signs of that alert learning disability. Um, The counting principles, counting by twos, counting by fives. Sometimes if they have difficulty with telling time, it just becomes difficult for them. They looking at the clock, it just they can't figure out how those little marks are ones and that they need to add one more to the last number that they said. It's just hard for them to grasp. So, again, it's not that something's wrong with them or that, you know, they're having issues. It's more just they need extra help. They need to have it broken down another way for them to understand it better or that extra help to continue to um, have things broken down in a different way for it to click better for them. So that definitely could be something. Don't just kind of out and be like, oh, they just hate math. No, it could be something that's really hindering them and they're having a problem and that's why they're just not grasping it. And you know, when we get to that algebra and we get to that that geometry and trigonometry and calculus and all that stuff, you know, a lot of times kids just want to shut down. They don't, they, you know, as I used to say, why do I need this? I don't know why I need this. What's in what? As long as I know how to count my money, that's all that matters. <laughs> Thinking back about it, it's crazy. But that's how I felt. But I understand, you know, as far as with algebra and stuff like that, which I like now (laughs) after going through some college classes and um, having some breakdowns. But I get it now. It's like the light bulb clicked for me. It came a lot later in life, but it came. Um, But it's important, you know, to get them that help because, as we know, where's the future going? Engineering, STEM, IT, all these things, you're going to need math and formulas and how to break stuff down and how to put those those X's and O's, or should I say ones and zeros together. So it's important that getting that extra help, um, and especially if it's a learning disability, doing everything you can to what? Be an advocate for our children so that they don't feel like just breaking down or closing the door to these, you know, to something that's not their fault, you know, that's not their fault. So I've talked about two common ones so far. Um, Another type is dyspraxia. Dyspraxia is about motor skills. So sometimes you have some children who they just, they can't throw that ball or they just can't run and jump, you know, in fluid motion. It's just difficult for them. Um, it's kind of like their brain's just not connecting. The information's not going up from their limbs to their brain for their limbs to do what their brain is telling them to do. Um, so it could be a, a disability, a learning disability, actually. Um, so... Writing can also be tied into this because what? Our hand is a limb, right? Our arm is a limb. So taking that pencil and being able to write clearly, neatly, they could have dyspraxia and you not even know it. And that's what's causing a hindrance. And there might be some people who are like, you know what? They just need to keep on writing. You're just coming up with all of this. It's not me coming up with it. I'm trying to educate and make sure that you know these are all different things. And again, when we have this information, it's not that, oh, 
now you're going to label my kid with this. Or, oh, now my child has a... It's, hey, who's going to be able to help my child? Because me being frustrated at the table with them and them being frustrated and now starting to show signs of lower self-esteem, um, being down on their self constantly, giving up, quitting, that's not the answer. So knowing these things like this is way better and finding the help and saying, okay, it's this and moving forward than everybody just being in a big fest, right? Okay. Yeah, I did. I just did that. (laughs) All right, let's move on to another common disability, learning disability, learning disability. That's what we're talking about today. Auditory and visual processing problems. When we talk auditory, what are we talking about? Ears, what we hear. Visual, eyes, what we see. So if you have a hard time or your child has a hard time processing something that's coming in from visually what they're seeing or um, what they're hearing, that can cause problems in their learning as well. Learning disability as well. Um, auditory, Auditory processing disability, or I should say disorder, Uh, is something that is all about receptive language. What's coming in, what you're hearing. Uh, If you can't hear fully or you're not hearing well enough to take in the information that teachers are giving you, parents are giving you, how are you going to output the proper response? If somebody told you, hey, I want you to go and then bring it back. That's hard. You didn't hear what was, right? So how are you going to go forward to be able to do or execute that task? That's very hard. Now, times it by 10 for a child who their little ears still developing, but now it's the point that it didn't develop properly and it's causing issues as far as in their learning process. So that's why it's important. You get your kids' ears checked. They say, you know, when they're, when they're young, we have to get their ears checked. But it's not just the one time. Make sure if you're noticing any signs or things that are just not right when you're telling them to do something or tasks that are supposed to be done or when they're heading off to preschools or they're heading off to, to um, these different programs that you have them in at young ages and there's these little signs of things happening, don't take it for granted and just say, oh, they're just being kids or oh, they just had this day or oh, the teacher didn't say anything about it. You have to pay attention because we're going to be the ones who's going to notice these things about our kids to get them the help they need. So what I say, nobody's going to care as much as you do. Nobody is going to care as much as you do. So it's important that, you know, we, we pay attention for things like this. Visual processing disorder. That was the next one. Visual perceptions, missing subtle differences in shapes, letters, numbers, skipping over words. Um, I remember when I was in third grade, my teacher, uh, when I would write, I would have like stories in my head and I would be writing and I'd just be, and then I would just be skipping words and you look at it and you'd be like, what in the world is this? <laughs> and she'd be like, her brain's going just so fast that she, she's forgetting to put the words down. Now, I don't associate it necessarily that I had, I think I was just, I was going, I was flowing in the, you know, and something like that, you know the difference to say if it's, constantly happening or if it's in certain situations or instances so again us as parents we just have to pay attention because you never know you never know but having help is the ultimate goal for something that we are noticing 
Now, other disorders, those are the main ones that I told you that are very common that I wanted to bring to you. Now, other disorders that can make learning difficult are ADHD and autism. Now, those are the two that I think most people are familiar with. As we know, many children have autism nowadays. Many children aren't diagnosed. And I have an amazing article that I found about how children are being misdiagnosed um, or not diagnosed depending by where they live and go to school. There was an interesting article that was actually in Education Week, and it was titled, Schools, Racial Makeup Can Sway Disability Diagnosis. I encourage you, highly encourage you to go and check it out. So in this article, I'm just going to kind of summarize it for you because we've got to break it all the way down, right, so you understand what it is. It said that children who went to schools that were predominantly the opposite of their race were many times diagnosed or underdiagnosed for various learning disabilities. With this article, it's important to pay attention because, for example, if your child goes to a predominantly African-American school, many times the school is not diagnosing if your child has any of these learning disabilities. So if you as a parent, if you're thinking, oh, they're just picking on my child or they're constantly saying he's getting in trouble or she's always the one who brings something home from the principal... You have to think about it. Is there an underlying learning disability that's causing this? So again, pay attention to the cues so you're able to better help your child and get them those services that they possibly could need. Secondly, the other thing I wanted to mention, some of the trends in minority enrollment. The study says, and I'm going to read it for you to you exactly what it says. After analyzing a decade's worth of Florida students' data, this is in Florida, It's actually the state that I'm in right now. But researchers found that black and Hispanic students were more likely than white students to be identified with disabilities if they attended nearly white schools compared to if they attended all minority schools. Nationally, 14% of all students ages 3 to 21 are in special education. Now think about that for a moment. That's a decent number. I mean, it's not a quarter, but we're getting pretty close. And again, if just the school that your child goes to is automatically putting a label, that's something we definitely as parents need to pay more attention to. So again, I encourage you, go to Education Week online and check out these articles. Pay attention to the trends that are happening in education. What is ADHD? ADHD is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. It's something that's more with, um, you know, uh, having issues with, with your focus and staying still and getting tasks done, homework and things like that. Autism. Autism. And, you know, with the spectrum, there's many levels that you can be as far as functioning with autism. So there are many parents out, out there who are aware of um, how it's affecting their children, but the level that their children can interact, can respond, can uh, complete tasks, do things, uh, they, they are aware of that. So you as a, a parent with a child of autism, it's, it's for you to navigate how's best for your child to, um, to function, 
to to get along, to work with others, to, you know, there's some who are more severe and there's some who are, you would never think at all that they had autism. Uh, and again, that's why it's important to not just say, oh, well, they're functioning perfectly fine, so they're fine. If there's resources and things out there available for them, by all means, take advantage of it because it's only there to help you. They might be doing well in this particular thing today, but tomorrow something might come that just really triggers a whole different reaction or um, they're not able to understand as well. So don't think, oh, well, this is, they're fine with this of everything else. I should, they, don't worry about it. They're good. Always look at what opportunities you have available to you to help your child in any way possible. So with talking about all these various learning disabilities, it's important we talk about resources, right? We have to know what's available for us. What should we do? I always talk about being an advocate, be an advocate. But again, you need the resources. Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? A lot of the information I was giving to you today came from websites, which I will have in our Facebook group. If you have not joined the Facebook group, make sure you go ahead and do so. It is Real Talk Education Lanes. Again, that's Real Talk Education Lanes. And I will post, I will post, I will post these um, resources for where you can read more uh, and also for you to, you know, find more resources on how to move forward if you notice any of these learning disabilities. Resources. Let's talk about when your child has these learning disabilities, it can be extremely frustrating. And especially with children, it's hard for them to talk through this. So you as a parent, when you're kind of starting to pick up on cues or you're noticing and you're just like, well, what can I do? What should I do? Should I worry about it? Is it that serious? Is it not that serious? Should I is in a need for concern, basically, right? You need to go, especially if you're working with the schools, and get an IEP. Work alongside with the school to get that IEP. Now, what does IEP stand for? It's the Individualized Education Program, okay? Many times you'll hear parents say, oh, my child has an IEP. That's what it stands for. That's what uh, the school, when the school does testing to see where the levels are with the child. With school getting ready to start, I think it's very important that, you know, all these different tests, we always hear about testing, 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 right? But this particular test, the IEP, it's it's totally different than your typical testing that the kids do in school. So this one is specifically to the individual child to know what it is that is um, their disabilities, where they have issues, where they excel. Uh, so an IEP is very important. And I'm going to have somebody come in and really speak to that um, because I don't know fully all on it. So, of course, I'm not going to sit here and say I know because I don't know. But somebody who does, I'm going to find them for you, give you that resource because this is what it's all about. But back to the learning disabilities. Okay, so here's some important things you can do. Work with your child's school, okay? Pinpoint and diagnose the problem. That's a big thing. When we find a specialist who can help you, a pinpoint, help them academically to be where they should be. But at the same time, you know, if they need an extra help, they're able to give it to them. Working along with the school and um, knowing your role. You as a parent, don't take the entire burden. I know you may think like, oh, I have to do everything. I have to say everything. I have to talk on my behalf of my child. Don't underestimate your child. So nurture those strengths. That's going to help, I believe, in the area of self-esteem, 
isolation, behavior problems, when that child has something that they know they're good at, feed that. If they have that thing that they excel in, that might trump all that other stuff because they know that's their area, that's their zone, that's what gives them pleasure and makes them happy. Those are some of the ways that you can help children just within those learning disabilities. Lastly, with the child, their social and emotional skills. Ways that we can help them. Like I said, I know we we already know it's very frustrating on both ends, but how can the child express themselves? How can they open up and talk about it if they're already closed off or shy or scared or angry or just all these feelings bottled up in them and they don't know how to get it out? That's a big part of it. If they know, if they own it, it's one of the things I'll, I'll talk about owning it. That's one of my phrases I say to my kids all the time. If you're going to wear those blue socks with that orange shirt, you better own it. I don't care who looks at you crazy. You know you look good because you are owning it. That's my little thing that I, okay? So when that child owns whatever that learning disability is, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just, hey, this is me. I need a little more help with math. I have a hard time understanding, and this is what I normally do. This is what we do at home. This is what my tutor tells me how to approach it. Can you incorporate things like that that will help me? That's a whole different mind frame, mindset, and uh, way to approach that child going out into the world than them feeling everybody's just beating them down, making fun of them, talking negatively, saying they can't get anything right, and then now it's a totally opposite reaction. You see the difference, what I'm saying here? So how we, we put that mind frame, the mental, how you put it to your child is going to, I mean, be leaps and bounds for them to tackle the outside world than them coming at it from a negative approach. And create a strong support system. Whether it's brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, foster parents, um, guardians, whomever, put that system around that child so that they know they have people in their corner. They know that, yeah, they get frustrated today, but it's okay because there's always tomorrow. Yes, you got frustrated today, but they can go talk to that other person in the support system so everybody has their space. Utilize that system around you. Make sure everybody's being a what? Advocate. And that child is going to do awesome and amazing things. Uh, So I talked to you about the ADHD and autism. Then we talked about the auditory and visual processing disorders. So with eyes, with the ears how they can cause issues for us. If you can't hear well, you can't see well, you're going to have difficulty. If you can't see that board sitting way here in the back, it's going to be hard for you to do a good job with your work. And especially with kids when, you know, if you're embarrassed, you're, you don't want to raise your hand. You don't want to be in the front. You don't want everybody looking at you. You don't want all these. You don't, you don't, you don't. It's only going to pile on. So you pay attention to the little cues and ask your kids subtle questions to see how, you know, how was the board? Could you see what was on the board? Well, I had a hard time seeing. Boom, right there. Just because you asked a subtle way, 
now you got an answer or a, a little cue to pay attention for if they start having work that's not completed or things they're not understanding just off of those little questions like that. So that's a tidbit. Hope that helps. Um, we talked about this uh, dyspraxia. Dyspraxia is difficulty with the fine motor skills, right? As far as the brain's just not fully connecting with the body and the limbs of to do what it is that it's supposed to do. So that can cause, you know, difficulty in learning when you're trying to complete tasks. Dyspraxia. Okay, I just said dyspraxia. Sorry. The next thing I, we talked about was dyscalculia, which is difficulty in math. You're just not comprehending the numbers to the facts to the understanding to how the whole thing ties together. Your brain's just not allowing it to happen. So dyspraxia, I'm sorry, I keep saying dyspraxia. Dyscalculia, <laughs> that's the biggest word too, just like a math problem. The biggest word's like a math problem. Um, but dyscalculia, and then the most common one, uh, dyslexia. Dyslexia. I'm also going to talk to you about dysgraphia. Dysgraphia is difficulty with writing. So if your child is having a hard time, you know, with their handwriting, organizing ideas, spelling, uh, it could be difficulties um, in writing. And again, that could probably tie into, I'm going to say it again, dyspraxia, dyspraxia because of those fine motor skills. And then dysphagia or aphasia, which is difficulty with language. I actually have a nephew right now who's having difficulty with language. He will talk up a storm. I mean, it's like he's telling you the directions of where to go, what to pick up, make sure you don't forget and bring it back by this time. Can't understand a word, but he will talk to you just as if that's what he said. And be done. And you're like, yes, tell me how you really feel. What? But it's not coming out as full words. And right now we're in the process of um, seeing what types of resources, what types of help, what, uh, what fully it is. So we had him tested uh, and we're trying to see, you know, what is it that's just not connecting? And again, oh, he's a boy. He just, they talk later. Well, he's talking up a storm. We just want to make sure that we can formulate words within what he's saying. So that's just a personal story. You know, my, my nephew's going through it. So firsthand seeing it and, and trying to make sure. And one thing we found out is some of the resources um, they're saying is only available to him until he's three. And right now he's two and a half. So... By n my family members not thinking anything of it in the moment, it could have been something when he was one and a half that we could have been like, oh, okay, now, oh, it's maybe he should say some, you know, 10 words by now or five of those different milestones that you got to hit. So 
we're in that process now. I'll keep you guys posted. But I mean, this just going through this, understanding, learning more, sharing with others, because it's somebody else could be in that same situation. And I love it. He's the sweetest, cutest little thing. And he will just, I mean, you watching a movie with them and he's like, explain the whole movie to you. You don't know what, what, it, what the plot was, what's going on, but he told you and make sure you don't miss that part. <laughs> ah, he's hilarious. So first, you know, experiences in, in things like that. But I, I definitely say be an advocate for your children, find the resources, never settle. And um, second opinions are always good as well throw that out there too. Um, But I just wanted to talk to you about these common learning disabilities today so that you're on the the watchful eye, you're checking out for it, you're paying attention and um, hey, getting ready for that school year because it's coming. Time waits for no one. Time waits for no one. It's on the horizon. It's coming. And make sure you got those kids doing something so that they don't forget what they got before. All right, this has been Education Lanes. I hope you enjoyed the show today. I look forward to hearing the comments and hearing maybe what types of learning disabilities that you've come across or you took for granted or you didn't know about. Um, and there's tons of tons more out there. I just t- talked about the common ones today and some that, you know, not as heavily spoken about anymore or at all so that you can kind of connect those in case it's happening to someone that you know or to in your family. I am so excited for our next topic also. I have on deck for you actually an assistant principal from a middle school. Bless his heart, middle school. Whew, we know them days. It's going to be some good stuff. Everything we talk about is good stuff. So I'm not even going to say it like that's better than the other because it's all good stuff. This is good stuff. Uh, And he's going to be talking to you. What should you pay attention to? What should you look out for? How can you help your middle school children do better, be better, and act better? Okay. So, again, it's been with Education Lanes. Talk with you next time. Education, education, education. Your option.